0: rights now. The answer is you. Train. Speak. Change. Parents and allies standing together. Millions of voices speaking as one. Stop messing with our kids. It ends here. Hey guys, today is Monday, April 3rd. Exactly one week since the tragic school mass murder in Tennessee. I just want to capsulize what happened that day. This is a news report published on March 27th. Tennessee shooting. Nashville police released security camera footage of Covenant School attack that killed six. Six people, including three students, were killed during a shooting today at the Covenant School. The Metro Nashville Police Department released security camera footage Monday evening that shows a school shooting at the Covenant School, where the suspected shooter, 28-year-old Audrey Hale, killed six people earlier in the day. The video starts with an exterior camera showing Hale driving her silver Honda Fit through the shared parking lot of the school and Covenant Presbyterian Church at approximately 9.53 a.m. local time. Hale then parks the vehicle just outside the scope of the cameras and approaches the building, which is located on Burton Hills Boulevard in Nashville. The video then jumps to an interior camera pointed at one of the entrances of the school. Hale approaches and fires a weapon, shattering the double glass entry doors. At approximately 10.11 a.m., Hale then enters the facility, walking through the shattered opening of the glass door and stepping into full view of the camera. The shooter appears to be wearing a white short-sleeved t-shirt with a black vest over it. It is not immediately clear if the vest is a tactical gear. Hale also has glasses, a red baseball cap, gray urban camouflage pants, and shoes that are black and white. She is also seen bracing an AR-style weapon in her right arm with another weapon hanging down on her left side. The newly released police footage shows Hale casually walking down various hallways and opening several doors. She also points the weapon at times while keeping it lowered at others. The first room she enters has a sign that reads, Church Office. Hale, a former student at the private Presbyterian school, would have been familiar with at least some of its layout. Hale walks through the same hallway intersection several times before emerging into an entrance lobby. She walks by a sign that reads Children's Ministry and a vacated check-in desk with two Mac computers. An alarm can be seen going off in the background as the footage ends. Hale's rampage left three students, all nine years old. And three faculty members dead. The rampage lasted approximately 14 minutes. Okay. On that day, I was on vacation with our family, two of our grown children, their spouses, and four of our grandchildren. What a shock to see this. As the news began to unfold, I tried to follow the story as best I could, considering the distractions. Immediately, I was impressed with the lack of observation of an important fact, I believe is somewhat responsible. Of course, there's always a variety of things that play into action like this, and that has to do with the role that the public education system has played in the transgender issue. Not just the transgender issue, but the activism encouraged by the public school system. As I watched all of these reports and continue to do so, I'm looking for any hint from contributors to weigh in. And there, there was only one individual that I saw interviewed by Tucker Carlson, who shared my viewpoint, and that is Andy No. Tucker stated... There is an extremist trans fringe, which is a lot more threatening than most people understand. The transgender movement is evident online in the aftermath of this mass murder. He asked Andy, are you surprised? Andy, who is the author of Unmasked, says, no, because of his reporting on Antifa for years now, a disproportionate number of riot arrestees identifying as transgender diverse. They don't identify with their biological sex. On some nights, it was as high as 20%. Young transgender people are particularly vulnerable to radicalization, he stated. And in fact, there has been a surge in violent rhetoric on Twitter in response to transitioning of minors. The shooting in Tennessee came just days before the organizing of the so-called Trans Day of Vengeance, which was to take place in Washington, D.C., and has since been canceled. But the fact is, the introduction of trans health care has unveiled evidence of people suffering from mental health comorbidities and a growing segment of the youth population engaged to have a violent hatred of the wider society so inspired by this very short interview with Tucker and Andy No I decided we've got to put out a more definitive claim Related to the public school system. Now, Andy pointed out that, you know, these riots are definitely being influenced by the trans activists, but what is causing them to be trans activists? Well, I know this for a fact. It is involvement of the public school system with that far left extremist fringe as defined by Tucker. So this is what I wrote, and we're going to be releasing it very soon. K through 12 public school activism is responsible for the Tennessee school murders. Parents' rights in education is opposed to the teaching and promotion of gender identity beginning in kindergarten. Unfortunately, the Nashville, Tennessee school shooting is an outgrowth of the activism now present in most public schools across the country. The Tennessee shooter, a confused young adult female, was in mental health counseling. And according to Nashville's chief of police, John Drake, investigators believe the shooting stemmed from, quote, some resentment, unquote that the suspect harbored for having to go to that school as a younger person. We want to know what advice she was getting. And soon, there will be a report by the FBI after reviewing the manifesto that the shooter wrote. School counselors and psychologists today encourage parents to begin social transitioning in kindergarten parents are bombarded with the message their children should be encouraged to explore their real identity. I recently received a call from a concerned father whose five-year-old son was seen by the Philomath, Oregon grade school psychologist who recommended dad considered social transitioning. Although dad and son discussed biological reality, his son, was influenced by female siblings to wear long hair and some feminine clothing to school. What dad needed is to be reminded he is the father and has the right to mentor his son, which he did do. What if he had not contacted Pre to be affirmed in his rights? What seemed like an effort to protect individuals struggling with gender dysphoria has rapidly developed into a highly volatile political issue, and minor children are the target. Parents' rights to direct the education of their minor children and manage their health care decisions have been stolen and sacrificed on the altar of gender identity rights. These are pseudo-rights, fabricated out of a false premise. Humans cannot medically change their sex. The average voter is unaware of the purposeful solicitation and recruitment of minors by public school staff and volunteers to change their sex. Students are inundated with messages about their gender identity rights daily, National Education Association member teachers wear badges, encouraging students to seek them out for one-on-one counseling about sexuality and gender identity. In addition, LGBTQIA activist teachers adorn their classrooms with gay pride, transgender, and Black Lives Matter. Political flags and posters, gender sexuality alliance or GSA clubs, a project of the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, are now in K through twelve schools. The GSA network is a political organization using local public school districts as distribution centers for their trans political agenda to, quote, leverage the collective power of thousands of trans and queer young people in the United States who connect with us through our network, unquote. That's what they're saying about themselves. Parents are not informed of their child's membership in these clubs. Abigail Schreier, author of Irreversible Damage, confirms the influence of these clubs in decisions students are making to explore gender transition. Parents' Rights in Education featured a parent speaker whose daughter was influenced to change her sex at age 14 because of her GSA club friend's decision to do the same. As independent journalists Colin Wright and Christina Buttons have documented Many teachers who serve as adult advisors to these clubs are intentionally concealing the sexual and political nature of their activities from parents, deliberately misleading families with vague language about acceptance, tolerance, diversity, and identity. If parents do not support their child's transition at school, they will likely be reported to Child Protective Services. The GSA network has redefined freedom, motivating, quote, vulnerable trans and queer youth to advocate for racial and gender justice, unquote. According to their new mission launched in March, devising Freedom's national strategy, quote, will intentionally work to combat the harmful effects of anti-trans legislation and executive orders that have emerged in at least 22 states across the country and continue to target young people in their schools, their homes, and their communities, unquote. So their plan to, quote, cultivate a strong youth-led movement and cultivate a practice of visionary leadership, unquote, should raise concern from anyone understanding the real meaning of freedom. Families are shocked to learn they no longer have the right to be present when their children are counseled at school. The Oregon Department of Education recently announced publication of a new and expanded document celebrating gender-expansive students. Oregon, by passing House Bill 2002, plans to set up gender-affirming clinics, providing mental and physical treatments, including surgeries, throughout the state, serving anyone, even out-of-state visitors, questioning their biological sex, all on demand, at taxpayer expense, and without parent consent. School administrators say the role of a school is to, quote, guarantee each and every student or person a feeling of acceptance, recognition, respect, affirmation, friendship, joy, belonging, and safety, unquote. But the fact is, most students do not feel that way. And if possible, are leaving public schools because of the biased and discriminatory education policies obsessed with sexuality. Trans recruitment and indoctrination in K-12 schools stops here. Now that's the end of my op-ed. But I'm going to add this. It can only stop with your help. We are building an army. We are building a movement. We are empowering parents and citizens at the local level to take action, to take back our public school system, to take back, even more importantly, parents' rights. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education. We need your help. We are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to give $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month. Be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 Club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to Parents' Rights in Education.com.